0: Let's create a pivotal impact. Friends in the industry. So before we get started today, I just wanted to take a moment to compliment the important role carriers have in the transportation and logistics industries and voice my appreciation for the professionalism that they bring. So when we stop to consider the impact carriers have in our industry, in my opinion, it's pretty phenomenal. Furthermore, when you consider the amount of delegation that goes into successfully operating a transport business, it can make your mind spin. As you really need to be solutions focused to make it happen? So first off, the information required to know in order to even become a carrier is pretty overwhelming at times from understanding your profit and loss margins, obviously your mechanical considerations when you're purchasing equipment, finding clients, serving clients, hiring, retaining professional drivers. Honestly, those are just touching on a couple of the components to appreciate. So when you see a carrier operating successfully, I believe it's important to acknowledge and vocalize your appreciation of their success. I just think it's absolutely incredible. But it's not just enough to say, wow, great job. But more so, I believe that we need to dive into where carriers are operating successfully so their legacy can carry on and ultimately teach others to operate successfully. So I'm Josh Hannabury, your host here at the Truck Focus Podcast. And our mission here is simple. We're connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry. To help create a pivotal impact. I really believe a carrier's success can be determined by their ability to focus on solutions when a customer has a problem, which also leads us to today's conversation, as I'm super excited to speak to a buddy of mine, Colin Foster, owner of Silverback Transport and Hotshot, about exactly that. How his focus on providing solutions has led to not only the success of his business, but has really helped the success of his customers as well. So I encourage you to learn more about Silverback Transport and Hotshot by visiting silverbacktransport.com or checking them out on all major social media platforms. I've included the link directly in the show notes. So you can just simply click there and check them out. So before we get started today, I did want to take a moment just to say thank you. So if this is the first time you've ever joined the Truck Focus podcast community, checking out the podcast itself, I really do welcome you to our community and to our dedicated community that continues to show up, taking the time to listen, but also applying the knowledge shared by our industry leaders. I also want to say thank you. It really does mean a lot knowing that you're creating a pivotal impact in the lives of others throughout each day's interactions. So throughout our conversation today, I do ask you to consider, okay, what is Colin Sharon that you can actually apply in your own business or in your own journey in the transportation industry? Make some notes, make some thoughts. And at the end of the episode, let me know. Send me a comment. Um, Send me an email. Just let me know again, what has Colin shared that you're like, hey, this really created an impact in my journey or it will. And again, we just really want to know so that way we can track. We want to track to see how our community is doing. So again, thank you for that. I'm super excited for the impact this conversation is going to have. Let's get to it. All right, Colin, super jacked for our conversation today. Super grateful. Obviously, you're taking time out of your very I'll say insanely busy schedule Um, (laughs) just taking the time joining me on the truck focus podcast. And I've, I'd say, I'd admire you from afar for a while again, from a social standpoint where I'm a big pictures guy myself. So when I get to see the different types of gear, you're hauling, I get super jacked. But then when we started talking and we realized, Oh, we're actually connected in our backstory. I thought that's pretty cool too. Such <laughs> yeah, a small world, man. So it's just, yeah, I'm really grateful to have you on. I'm excited to talk about just, yeah, what you're seeing in industry, obviously what you're seeing just through your own business. And I'm excited to talk about specifically Silverback Transport and Hotshot and just how your business came to be, but really what you're seeing in industry, what you're serving, or I guess who you're serving, what you're hauling and really dive into it. So welcome, my friend.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate uh, Appreciate you taking your time to have me on here too, man.
0: So I'm excited. Good, good. Yeah, if you weren't, I'd say, okay, that was that was fun. Have a good day. But uh, <laughs> it's good. So, no, it's important. It's important, and I think just right out the gate, the service that you provide, the level of service, but also like what you're hauling, the commodities, the customer service, the confidence that you're bringing to industry is so it's so crucial. So when you said yes, like obviously becoming the podcast to me, I'm like because I want to showcase this type of leadership that you bring. And I don't say that to fluff you up. I just, from our listeners' perspective, I want them to really take into consideration, like, man, you know what you're doing, and you speak with confidence, you lead with confidence. I see you helping other carriers do the same. Like, that's really powerful. And I think, again, that we can use this conversation to showcase that. I think it's phenomenal. So I just, I am really grateful.
1: Oh, no worries. Thanks, man. I, uh, I'd like to think I know what I'm
0: doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it is Wednesday, so we'll see what happens on Thursday. But, uh, that's good. So no just to, to start us off, why don't you kind of give us a rundown on just a little bit about your journey, who you are, and yeah, what you're up to right now.
1: Yeah, no worries. So um, I, like I say, my name's Colin. We I uh, own and operate Silverback Transport and Hotshot here out of the Vancouver area. Um been in business now for since 2017. So just a little over five years now, Uh, a little bit about myself. I actually grew up in the transport industry. Um, My dad drove truck for the same company here in Vancouver for 42 years, which is like that in itself is kind of crazy when you say it out loud and listen to it. So I think my dad's got like two and a half million miles, just in local miles over a 42 year career, which is kind of which is kind of neat. So, uh, grew up around trucking, but didn't go into it right away. Um, I started out in construction and was in that and then was in, was actually on the tools for about seven to nine years and then made the shift to construction sales, uh, which is ultimately where, you know, I landed up in the rental industry. Do you want to like yourself? And, uh, and then, yeah, just kind of after that industry, just started a transport company and said, well, you know, let's give this a go. Let's we'll see what happens. So
0: <laughs> here we are. Good. That's awesome. So, first off, huge props to your dad. The fact that that many miles and that long of a career, I think that's pretty phenomenal. So, huge shout out to him. When, that, oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's something definitely to be proud of. So, when you think about when you were young, you're a young lad, he, mm-hmm. that was his profession do you think that influenced your view on industry or industries maybe just kind of, when you think back, like, wow, that was really cool being around if it's the truck. Cause what was he hauling like tractor trailer or just truck or what was he doing? No. So my dad, uh, he actually drove, uh,
1: he drove a five ton or a tandem axle box truck just locally kind of doing first mile, last mile stuff. But his company did a lot of, um, I don't want to say pickup and delivery locally, but they had, you know, they had a few contracts back in the day, uh with their customers. And so he did he actually did the island run twice a week. So every Wednesday and Saturday for about 30 years you would go over to the island. So when I was a kid, we got summers off. You know, when you want to hang out with your dad, you jump in the truck and away you go. So like I have tons of memories of we'd go to the island and jumping up in the back. And and like at the time for for those runs, it was like a lot of print magazines uh, TV guide for back in the day. We, uh, we secretly, we never paid for TV guide for about 30 years. So, (laughs) uh, so yeah, like I'd be out there, go, go on trips with them on, on whichever one it was and jumping up in the back of the truck and making sure we had the right stuff and the right product was going to the right place and learned a lot about, customer service my dad's very customer service oriented and just kind of the processes of how everything goes and making sure your paperwork's all done and so it was it was neat so we did uh yeah it was fun and 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 just i don't know it was different but it it definitely for sure shaped how i viewed the trucking and the transport industry because like you grow up around it and so obviously how you grow for a uh, uh you develop a love of trucks and big trucks and horsepower and black smoke and. You know all the typical oh, things every little boy loves, right? <laughs> yeah, man,
0: that's a good run too. And uh, I remember the first time going on the ferry, and you're yeah. kind of like, "Man, this is awesome!" So yeah, being able to do that again as a kid, I was much older when that uh, when my first experience was. So again, being in that environment, even helping, understanding at that age customer service, like, okay, what does that mean? Well, treat people well. Oh, okay. So yeah. I can see that really establishing your in your core being too, which is cool. Well, it's cool to see how like my
1: dad interacted with shippers and receivers and just the conversations and like most of the guys my dad dealt with, at least when he was going over there, because he was the same, was the same delivery person each and every time, you know, you get the, you know, you'd like to think people treat other people with respect, but like, because it was the same time, like, or the same person doing the deliveries, he built relationships with them and got to know them and, you know, because most of the places you went to not a lot of turnover place turnover rate. So like everybody was kind of the same. So it was neat to get to see that you can build those relationships, which has actually kind of helped me in my company and in my business with, um, with just developing relationships with shippers, receivers, salespeople, just, you know, everybody that's involved in the transport industry. Right. Totally.
0: Yeah. I think that's a huge point. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask is, so when you're viewing your customer base now, again, similar type professionals where maybe they, they've been there for 20 years and they've been the same shipper or receiver. And when you can come in and you're just like, well, I'm gonna let up the ante in my customer service, or I will park exactly where you want to, or where you want me to, instead of no, no, screw you, I'm gonna go park over here. Like it's those little things, but it makes a big difference. And again, the fact that you can see that at a young age and you can see the success in that, I think is really powerful too. So when you're navigating your conversations. I'll dive in here right now. And then I want people to know where to, they can learn more about your your company itself. But when, when you're interacting with people and you're thinking about customer service, is that front of mind all the time, like I'm going to provide the best possible customer service, or how do you kind of scale the importance of it? I think it breaks
1: down to just stemming back to like watching my dad and learning that. Whereas like you, you, I've always thought and had the thought process and the mindset of, well, how would I want to be treated if I was in the reverse scenario? Right. Like if I was being approached by somebody, like we've all been there where somebody is just having an off day and they're, you know, or something bad just happened. And obviously you don't know the whole story, but you know, you want to, you want to provide the best service you can with every interaction, whether you're doing business direct with that person or whether you're doing indirect business business or referring them to somebody you want to make sure you can give them the best service you can because I'm a big believer that it will come back around at some point point. and so I don't think I actually think about it I think that's just who I am as a person at least I'd like to think so yeah. my wife will tell you different in some <laughs> scenarios but
0: <laughs> remember it's blue not yellow <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly
1: right so but uh, I'd like to think that just being a good person overall and just being nice and friendly and genuine and, and just, I don't know, doing a good job really. Like the, our goal, when we go out, literally like the motto for our company is we're here to help. Like that's our our motto or mission statement, whatever, whatever you want to call it. That's what we, uh, excuse me. That's kind of how we operate is we're just here to help. And so if we can help in any way, shape or form, no matter what it is, that's just, that's just our goal. Even if we're not the ones doing it.
0: Yeah. I think that's really powerful. And that really speaks volumes I'd say to your character too, where it's not always about I, a lot of times it's about we, and it's okay. How do we help? I really like, I, when you first told me that too, I had the same feeling. I'm like, I admire that because again, I think a lot of times it's easy to be selfish and easy to be, maybe a little egotistically hurt if you didn't get that job or you didn't get that run, but it's like, okay, well I can still create an impact. So I like right away, I could tell that we were on the same wavelength with that.
1: Yeah, totally. Like we, just a quick reference to a story. We had a broker that we worked with that she was working at a different company. And now when we were working together, now she's working at a different, um, brokerage she asked us if we run into California and it was like this, it was a submarine part going to somewhere in California. That's not accessible by truck or by big truck, at least has to go in a small truck. And like, we don't run to the States, not yet. Uh, So I referred her to a company that she has worked with in the past, but had forgotten about. And I said, yeah, just call them. They'll help you out. Shouldn't be a problem. And away you go. Right. So two night conversation to refer somebody that can do the job to make sure that their customer is taken care of. Cause that's, that's really what I care about is making sure that the customer is taken care of. Right. So that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's powerful. Okay. So before we go too much further, where should people go if they want to learn more about silverback and um, transport and hotshot? Um, you can find us on all the
1: social media outlets. We are on LinkedIn, like personally and company, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, that's kind of really it. We have a website, uh, silverbacktransport.com. Um, you can call me if you want <laughs> I'll tell your story. Like, I don't know, it doesn't matter to me, but, uh, but yeah, for our online presence, we are on like all social media platforms, uh, all the major ones I should say with the exception of Twitter and, uh, and yeah, that's where you can find us. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I'll make sure to include the links too, because it's important. So if it's a carrier, maybe looking for some guidance, like, hey, this is new to me, what should I do? Or if you're a uh, some form of supplier vendor, and you're looking for a trusted carrier, Colin, you definitely have hats off my support. So I would highly recommend that, yeah, if that's your position, and you're like, Okay, he's kind of a funny gag. Yes, let's give him a shot. He'll definitely do good. So, it's <laughs> thanks, good. man. Appreciate Absolutely. it. So, how did you go from obviously a little bit of the backstory? We both worked for the same rentals company years ago. How did you transition from rentals company to you know what? I'm going to start my own trucking company. Like, can you walk us through that story? You can keep it high level. But you don't have to. We uh, don't have to name drop nothing like that. More so, just I like. I think it's really important for other people that are like. And I've been kicking the same stick for a long time. I want something new, but how did you make that decision and then go about creating your own company?
1: Yeah, totally. So, um, for that, for the rental company, I was in the sales division. Um, so as a salesman, you're kind of involved in almost everything, right? So, What had happened is obviously we had all our own, our own transport trucks to move all our own equipment, but from time to time you need to use those outside carriers. And so occasionally we would have to use them and it started out, we were going to do stuff uh, locally. Um, And so when we were working at the rental company there, we had to call outside cartage and just listening to them, give us a price like, I'll never forget one time we had them, we had one, one company move a piece of equipment, like three kilometers down the road. And it was like 250 bucks, but you know, learning it from being in the industry, like you you're paying for time, right? Like you're paying for them to come from their last delivery to you, pick up, drop off and then get back to their next delivery or whatever it was. Right. And then, so had a few, like we had seen a few, uh, prices for a couple moves that were local. And I was like, okay, there's like some serious money to be made in this industry. Right. And so, uh, after parting ways with, uh, with them, I had applied to a couple other jobs, but I was like, I had like this burning desire inside of me at one point to like, try it. You know what I mean? Like to just go for it and see what happened. And so, uh, yeah, just kind of after we parted ways and a few failed interviews, um, here we are. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Powerful. Powerful, yeah, man. Yeah, I think that's really important because again, lots of people navigating careers. Maybe they're not happy. Maybe they decide, you know what, I'm going to go pursue something else, whatever it is. But yeah, when you have that burning desire, it's good to know that hey, I can go make this happen. And having some market research done ahead of time is helpful too. Obviously, knowing price points and stuff. Well, I think also too, like a bit of an
1: advantage growing up in the industry. Like one of the re- to be honest, like straight up, one of the reasons why I didn't get into the industry is my dad being a company driver for 42 years, like he didn't really make a lot of money. Like he wasn't, he wasn't top paid, like, you know, any of that stuff, which, you know, it is what it is, but like, that's what kind of deterred me. Cause like when you go into construction and I went to be a carpenter, like we made, you know, I made decent money by the time I was like 22 years old. Like I was making like 25, $28 an hour. And that was like 2010 area. So like, you know, it wasn't, wasn't super, it was bad money, but it wasn't like great money now. Right. So, um, so it kind of deterred me a bit, but then when you start seeing what the owners actually make or what you're charging, I shouldn't say what the owners are making, but at least what the companies are charging to move that stuff. You're like, Whoa, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. The, uh, there, there is opportunity there for sure. So when we're looking at industry right now, do you still see. Again, you're not maybe the bushy-tailed green-eyed right out the gate. Maybe you still have a that type of attitude, which I would be really envious because five years in, lots of life cycle happens. But what opportunities are you seeing right now from your scope? Is there still like a boatload of equipment that always needs to get moved? Is it it's a tougher market? So you got to be really mindful of pricing, or how are you finding things?
1: Um, I think we're kind of. In our industry specifically, doing hotshot and expedite freight and last-minute moves, it's very like our customer base, not all of it, but a portion of our customer base is we have a machine down that's costing us $100,000 an hour. I don't really care what it costs. Just get it here. You just kind of have to be open to it, but you also have to be a little bit like educated too you can't just like jump into it and and think like this is going to work everything's going to be great it's all going to be happy clappy and you know like uh, we're going to be millionaires in two nights no it's just it's just not going to happen right but i think there is plenty of opportunity for everybody like there's i think each market is different in in certain aspects like like i'm sure like For us in the hotshot industry, we kind of have to keep a pulse a little bit on the full truckload market because typically on par will be pricing for full truckload from wherever to wherever Um, with obviously there's exceptions like you're not going to go here to Toronto for a full truckload rate because especially if it's like a single pallet. Like you got to drive there and drive back. Right. So like the likelihood of you trying to find a single pallet, like, and even then a single pallet LTL from like Toronto or Vancouver is like 500 bucks or whatever it may be. Right. Like, so you gotta be, you gotta be mindful of that, but I think there's, I think there's plenty of opportunity for, for everybody and everything, um, in, in every aspect of the trucking world. So it's just a matter of just, just being aware of it. Right. So. yeah,
0: Agreed. Yeah, for sure. And that's really good to know. I think you're right. You can't have that expectation of, okay, I'll do two do, do, do trips. Now I'm a millionaire and I'm going to retire and I'm going to tell everyone about it. And I'm going to create an ebook series and coach people for 10. <laughs> Just kidding. We see well, that far. On Instagram. Often, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've done this once. It's like, Oh, hooray. <laughs> so the um, okay. So prior to us recording, you were talking about something too though, where if a customer is in a jam, they have something that's broken down. You need to get on there on the fly. How, how do you navigate that space? Like, I think that's really fascinating and I wish I would have caught that prior to, again, whatever, you can't sure. read the time, but it's really important. So when you're navigating with your customers, you're building these relationships. And then, so again, we'll go back to construction and something's down and because that's down, it's costing them money. So they need to get something to that location ASAP. How do you manage that relationship and build that trust so they know that, hey, I can call Colin right away. We can get this done. How do you navigate that?
1: I think it's just just like building any relationship or any friendship. It just comes with time, conversations. Like I think well, I, I shouldn't say thing. I think from experience, it's those two to three minute phone calls that you get where you can ask a question and you get to know the person, right? You know, not always is that gonna be the is the that gonna be the case, excuse me, but like you're gonna, you know, you if you if you got a dead spot in the phone call, you can ask, be like, hey, how's your day going? Or blah blah blah, or just you know, standard relationship building stuff. Um, But I think ultimately the end of the day that that part helps, but at the end of the day, it's following through on what you say you're going to do open communication, getting the job done and just being transparent with your customers. Like if something happens out on the highway, you tell your customer, you tell the receiving end, like the more, and again, I think this comes back to customer service, the more you can help, take off the plate of your customer the more they're going to remember that that they they can they can trust that no matter what happens no matter what the scenario is when they call you you're going to get the job done for them and and if something happens that you're communicative about it that you let them know ahead of time or while it's happening, but like come with a solution. Like so many people have come to me with like, Hey, this happened. And you're like, okay, well, have you thought of a solution for it yet? Well, no, this is just the problem. Well, it's like, okay, well, that's that. Like, I get that, but like, let's try and solve this. Like before I go to the customer, let's have a solution in place or at least an attempt at a solution to see if that will work for them. If not, we'll go with the solution they like, right? Like just solution seeking mindset versus problem focused mind- mindset, right? So. Huge, huge.
0: Yeah, far too often you get the latter. You get the, oh, this just happened and okay. Like, what are we gonna do to fix it? And yeah, I like that. And I noticed that with you right away too. So I'm glad you went there and customer service is obviously a huge part of our industry. That's really the foundation of success within our industry transportation when we're talking about, okay, well, if you're just driving around with an empty trailer, you know, you're just burning money. You're not making money. So customer service is key. So when you're faced with situations where people are coming to you with problems, that's normal when you're a leader or you're faced with your own challenges, is it natural for you to go right to solution mindset mode? Or do you find you have to like take a bunch of deep breaths and coach yourself? Yes, we can get through this. Then you go to solution mode. Or how do you navigate in that space when people are coming at you with different problems? Um, I'd like to think we go solution right away. I mean, I think
1: I learned through construction that if you take five minutes to plan and prep and think it could save you hours and hours and hours on the back end. it's kind of the same thing, like in our industry now with trucking, like if you know, there's a potential snowstorm through Rogers and they could potentially shut the highway down with high avalanche risk and you're going to Calgary, maybe you should go through Edmonton. I mean, it's a bit longer, but if you've got time-sensitive freight that needs to be there next day, I mean, obviously you can't outrun the clock for hours of service, but you can communicate that to your customer and say, hey, there's a high risk of avalanche. There's bad weather. There's a possibility they're going to close the road. And you just say, like you explain to them, like we could go this way. And if we get stuck, we could be there for who knows how long, or we can go the long way but there's no bad weather supposed to be that way. And we'll be here by this time. It's a bit later than you want, but at least you're going to get your freight tomorrow or whatever the time frame is, right? So I, I like to go solution seeking right away just because, okay, we've established this is the problem. We have all the information we have so far that we would like to think that that's all the information that we need. Let's just solve the problem because why are we going to dwell on something we can't like... That we can somewhat control you know what i mean yeah
0: totally key man that's really key because i think again it goes right back to communication and when you can have an open conversation with your client and say this is what we're up against i'm not hiding anything it's not about an agenda it's just this is a fact. i think that's really good leadership and then it's nice when you can be confident as no, no no we're gonna we're gonna solve this we got this but again you have to go through those to actually build that confidence but that's nice to hear because again when you put my, or I try to put myself from a listener's perspective too. And it's like, okay, what is industry up against? It's up against exactly what you're facing and you're helping people overcome and you're overcoming. So I think that's really important to paint that picture. And you did a good job with that. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, no worries. Thank you. I think it also comes from experience too. Like there's some, some, like some people just don't have the experience that others have, whether, you know, depending on what role it is, you are in the, like in your carrier side, right? Like, you know some dispatchers have never been on on the road they have no idea what you're dealing with like you have no idea like when you got to throw chains depending on your experience level like you could be out there 2 hours throwing chains meanwhile your clock is still running right so like it's just i don't know it's just some of those things like solution seeking comes from experience you know what i mean and and typically <laughs> typically not good experiences
0: either (laughs) oh yes i hate chains that's my least part or my least favorite part of the transportation industry being very frank is the thought of chains almost thought i was gonna well my finger a normal pointer finger i don't think is supposed to bend all the way backwards but mine (laughs) was uh, i was so angry (laughs) Anyway, hey, uh, story for a different day.
1: Oh man, yeah. I, I'll, I'll tell you a story later about uh, a set of chains with my wife. So no, but not, not like that. We call that a slip.
0: <laughs> that is funny. Oh goodness! Great. Oh god, that was awesome. bad. <laughs> awesome! I love the podcast, man. It's awesome. Oh. So when you think of the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in business. Again, (laughs) so many problems that you have to overcome in trucking, but what would you say has been the, uh, the most memorable challenge you've had to overcome that acted ultimately as a learning opportunity for your, just your journey, obviously as your own, your own trucking company. I think overall,
1: the hardest thing I've had to learn is just how big the industry is. And just, you know, nothing like you really, like you think you, when you think you've learned a bit and you're like, yeah, we're gaining a bit more knowledge. You just realize, like, man, you've learned like one tenth of 1% of what actually happens in the transport industry. Cause like we're, I guess we're kind of, because we're so specialized, we don't deal with like certain things that brokerages or big carriers deal with where like, you know, they have a contract with whoever and it's like 800 truckloads a month. You know what I mean? Like we, we just don't deal with that and the tech that they have to have involved and the number of people they have to have involved. And just like, you know, like companies that have trailers that companies that are here that have trailers sitting in the Southern United States that like you have to manage, you got to make sure the CVI is up to date. And I'm like, man, I got one truck and one trailer that's mine And that's all I got to worry about. I know exactly where they are at all times.
0: (laughs) You know what I
1: mean? Like just, yeah. Like I think the the biggest hurdle was getting just how massive the entire industry is as a whole and realizing that like, you know, nothing. Right. So I think that's the biggest one. And then just kind of trying to learn to, I think, work with the industry too, because you, you, when you get into it, you realize just like you're just small and like insignificant and tiny but somehow you provide a service that is massive to huge industries like we just I'll give you a prime example we got called yesterday from a customer we serviced last year uh as a helicopter company and they have fire season contracts to put out fires for the forest fires so their hel- their helicopters are not allowed to be down grounded anything like that So like they called us last year for a fire extinguisher up to Prince George. And they're like, yeah, if the fire extinguisher isn't there, we're grounded. And just all this other stuff. And the same thing, they called us last week for a starter up to Manning, Alberta. And they're like, yeah, like when we, like we, we need this, or there's a potential that we're going to lose out on X number of dollars per day. They're like, so your cost is irrelevant to us losing this contract. We're not irrelevant, but like you know, like we don't care what it costs to get it here. We just need it here because if we don't have it, like we're effed. Right. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that to me, that's, I call that a pivotal impact where you are creating a huge impact in your space. So it's a, uh, from a client's perspective, it's nice to know, again, you can pick up the phone and that he can say we are in a jam help and you're like, okay, like, Let's make it work. Like we'll figure it out. And again, it goes right back to that communication, building trust, offering like optimum customer service. And yeah, the impact that you're having, dude, this is just huge. So it's just really okay. cool to see. Totally, totally. Yeah. I think it's yeah, we'll never know the ultimate, like when I think of the like the lifespan of a, a trucking company, you'll never actually know how many people you've had a positive impact on ever. But the peace of mind for that person on the phone, especially if they have to report to a boss to say our guy's got it, he's on the way, or we're figuring it out, that sleep at night is worth more money than someone could ever pay you. So the fact that you can cause that, that's huge. Well,
1: oh, totally, man. And I like I appreciate that too. Like we we just again, it just stems back to our our entire goal as a Hot Shot and Transport company is to just we're just here to help. We're just here to help make your life easy. We're here to help your customers succeed we're here to help in any way shape or form that we can so that's our whole goal powerful powerful
0: so something that when we first had our conversation again i was uh, as our listeners are probably piecing together anyone that's listened to me before i get really jacked when i can tell other people care like i think that's (laughs) really important and so when we were having our initial conversation i was just like Yeah, dude, like you really got going on. You got confidence. You're not afraid to fail. You'll fail forward, all these good things. And when we were talking about mindset, you're also really hitting some key points. So we talked about the success mindset. How about goals? How are you from a goal mindset that you're comfortable resharing? Because we touched on a little bit, like I said, when we first started chatting. But when you're thinking about goals and helping other people accomplish their goals, your own goals, how important is it to you to make sure that you're knocking those out of the park?
1: Yeah, I think um I'd I'd like to think that I have ambitious goals. I mean, I don't think anybody starts a company to be like, I'm just gonna start a company and we'll see what happens. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I tried it and yeah, that didn't really work for me. But no, like uh as a goal goal from us, like when I like when I first started, the goal was to just like, okay, I'm gonna start my own trucking company and uh you know if I make 120 grand my first year, awesome, great. And like, you know, we uh, didn't because we were new and didn't know anything and didn't realize like, oh, there's all these expenses we need to have. And there's things we need to have in place in order to be like legal. Like there was a couple things I knew, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. We all learn. And um, so, yeah, like the goal was just never like the goal was obviously to make money, but like the goal was never really to actually just be about money. The goal is actually to like, like I said, help people. And I think that's where, that's where the growth in our company has come from. I mean, we're obviously not anywhere near the size of any of the hotshot companies in like Alberta, Um, you know, and there's only like two or three of us here in BC, at least in the lower mainland. Um, So, but, you know, just to, just to help people genuinely uh, achieve it. So, but I mean, obviously as you grow, you We have like, there's personal goals that I have within the company as well as like financial goals that you want to hit. So like, um, you know, for this year, we've set a goal of like two, two and a half million somewhere in there in sales, which we're not tracking for yet fiscally. Um, but, uh, um, we won't be far off. You know what I mean? Which, you know, shoot for the moon, land above the stars still in space. Right. So, um, But, uh, but yeah, just like personal goals is to like, to bring on more people and put the right people in place. Like, I think I've seen companies that, which I, I mean, I'm kind of somewhat guilty of, but like you just start so many people say they want to start, but they actually never start. And, you know, Oh, it'd be nice to do this. It'd be nice to do that. And it's like, they just, it just never gets off the ground. Whereas I like, Man, I parted ways. I had eight grand and I started a trucking company and here we are. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) like the way we went. So, but uh, like, as for like company goals, obviously, like we have the, the sales figure we're trying to hit, trying to hit, um, but also wanting to like add the right people and have the right infrastructure to grow properly. I think some people just look at growth and like we're doing more volume, we need more people, but don't actually put the right people in the right spot and I'm big on you know with having help with helping our customers with also having people help the company is having the right people and putting people first I like i i like obviously you need to make money, but I don't give a shit about money like it comes it goes, it moves it flows like it is what it is, but having the right people in the right place in all aspects of a company is, is, is huge because having the right person helps your company grow and helps your company get to that next level because, you know, you can trust them to do what you need them to do without question. Right? Like obviously some people, you know, like some people need their hand held a little bit, but that's okay. Eventually they'll, they'll grow into the spot through experience or um bad experience or whatever, but they'll they'll eventually get to where they need to be that they'll be a huge asset to your company, right? And I've seen that through other companies, through other people that you've actually interviewed on the podcast, their companies, and just observation through other companies. And it's I think it's interesting too, though, because you have in the transport world, like you have the old guard, the older generation that's starting to get out of it, but they still operate the way they operated in like the eighties, the nineties, the early two thousands, whereas you have guys like our generation that are like, man, that's so archaic. Like you can't treat people like that. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't exist. Like people aren't going to respect you for that. And you need to have, you know, like you have kind of like the changing of the guard where it's just different now. And, and you gotta, like, you gotta be able to adapt to that. Right. So, but yeah,
0: so good such strong leadership and yeah, when you look at the just the difference of generations, the difference of culture, obviously male, female, we all look at the world differently and when you're in the environment that you're in and you can lead the way that you lead, I think that's really powerful. And the fact that again, money is awesome, but I like creating value. And I think value is a lot easier of a sale. When we're talking sales, it's a lot easier for a culture for people to buy into. no, no, You're creating value. And I really just, again, I admire that. And I see it all the time. I think that's what's super cool, too, is you build strategic partnerships and -and so-and-so needs help moving this. Awesome. Or you need help because your client needs to move these. Awesome. But yeah, you're able to really lead with that. And you can really help people really push through stuff. I think that's a really good quality that our industry really needs for the long term, too. So I wanted to point that out.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. So I kind of have a couple staple questions before we end that I think are really important. They're, uh, they mean a lot to me, so I'm hoping that they mean a lot to you. No, I'm just kidding. But, so, <laughs> but when you think about, we'll, we'll, we'll stick on leadership for a second. And I talk about legacy all the time. And when I talk about legacy, I don't mean when you're dead, what you're remembered for, that kind of thing. Like That's part of it, sure, but that's not the focus. The focus is You go into maybe a phone call. Maybe you can't be there face-to-face. You're on a phone call. They have a problem. You chat with them. They hang up the phone call. How did you leave that situation? That's legacy. People will remember how you made them feel. And when you're in your space, I can see you being a rock star. I can see you being really focused on solution. But are you also mindful of the impact you're having on that person? Not necessarily just the problem that you're helping fix, but on that person. Is that something that you're mindful about? I think
1: if we stem back to like what we were talking about at the beginning, just watching my dad with customer service and how he left each person, like when you see that interaction as a kid and even though you didn't know you were going to be in the transport industry years later, you just, every time my dad said goodbye to somebody uh, when we were to shipper or receiver, whatever, it was always a handshake. It was always a, um, you know, thank you very much. You have a good day. Just general common courtesies that I think, you know, being a decent human being is right. And so uh, to be honest, I never really actually thought about the legacy impact in that, in that aspect. I think, again, it just comes from being who I am as a person that you, you just, you just want to be a good person really. And just, and just make sure, I don't want to say make sure, but like when you're done a conversation, it's a, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Or, you know all the conversations obviously go different ways based on how they go but you know just just saying thank you saying please <laughs> like just, just a long way yeah yeah just you know even like even the small things like when you go order your coffee at Tim's or Starbucks or McDonald's or wherever it is you get your coffee from like just saying good morning to the person if you're face to face like just saying good morning to them and seeing how they're doing takes what 3 seconds so like you know they'll cause I like, I can't tell you how many times I go into like a Tim's and the people in front of me or behind me are just like the, you know, the person says hi and they're like, Oh, double, double or blah, blah, blah. And they're like, like, they're just grumpy. They're tired. I mean, you know, I get it. It's, you know, six o'clock in the morning. It is what it is, but like, it takes two seconds to be a nice person. And then that person cheers up. You know what I mean? So I just think, you know, you usually get remembered for that, you know, like, I don't know, just, just being nice and being a good person at the end of every interaction is just who I am. Yeah, I do. It's not. It's just something I don't think about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So I'll, I will speak on that, and I will really amplify that in you as a person. But the the ripple effect of that, where I think far too often people don't pay attention to that. They don't. They say, "You're here to serve me, so serve me." It's not. We're human beings. Face-to-face, good to see you. Like So yeah, I really yeah. agree with that because you're right. So if you say hi to that person, you say good morning, you say thank you, you say, oh, this is going to be great, thanks, whatever you say, then that, if it's the teller or the cashier, when they talk to the next person and they have just that little oh, in their step because you helped empower them with that, or if it's the shipper and receiver, they really don't want to be there today, they have a sore back and something's happening at home, you show up, instantly they're just like, oh, Colin's here, it's all good. And when they can actually expect a handshake or they can expect a high, it really does change the narrative of not just their workday, but actually goes home with them. So there's a lot of, I guess, the psychology behind the human interaction that I really consider when we're having even these podcast conversations, because it's like, no, you're a leader, dude. You are a leader. And if it's in Tim Hortons or if it's with your customer, if it's how you drive on the road you are really shifting the way people perceive transportation, but also from a customer experience or customer experience standpoint, I think that's that's really huge. So anyway, I go in these tangents all day long, but I just appreciate it. It's good. Well, <laughs> well, someone put it to me this way. Like someone said that you light up a room
1: in one way or another, you either light up a room when you walk in or you light it up when you walk out and you want to try and make sure you're the person that lights it up when you walk in the room, because like, you know, like just, I mean, we've all know people that are just the people that are, the room lights up when they leave and you're just like, oh my God, that person's gone. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I don't know. I just think being a good person at the end of the day is all anybody asks for, right? And that's all we all, like, that's all we want to receive from, from, you know, an interaction from somebody else. So, you know, and if you can make somebody laugh, great, then they'll really remember you. (laughs) Totally agree. Completely,
0: man. No, I think that's a good, that's a good statement. And again, it's, that's a massive driving force in the Truck Focus podcast is introducing leaders to industry to creative change. And you've shared a boatload of value today. So before we end, I want to ask you one more question. When we're looking at professional drivers, and the fact that it's in your blood, your dad was one for 42 years. I think that's incredible what would you say you're most grateful for when you're looking to the person that operates as a professional driver? What would you say you're most grateful for?
1: For the job they do and for who they are. Like being a professional driver is a hard, hard job. And I don't think people realize it. Like the general public doesn't realize it. Like they think, oh, you just drive all day. No, man, that's, that's not it. Like you're, you're responsible for, a lot of things. You're responsible for one, your own life Two, the lives of people around you to operate this truck safely and professionally. You're also responsible for the customer's cargo on the freight. You're also responsible for the name on the door, right? Like a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, but you know, you get some people that they forget that they're representing a company and a brand and that company and brand signs your paycheck. Right. And if you, go around just operating in an unprofessional way, like you're not doing the company any good. Right. So, but like the true, true professionals out there, like it's a, it's a hard job. And like, I respect them because they, they put in the hours, they put in the miles, you know, you miss things, you miss birthdays, you miss anniversaries, you miss Christmas, you miss holidays, you know, graduations, like you miss all the important stuff in life to keep the economy going regardless of what industry in the trucking industry you serve, whether you're drive-in reefer or flat deck or heavy haul or what hotshot, like doesn't matter what it is, you know, like we we've, I can't tell you the number of times we get called on the weekend to, you know, run a part up to a mine, whether it's a local mine or whether it's a mine way up North in Northern BC, or even in the Yukon, You know, when they call, we are, our service level is to show there's no, you know, there's no, well, we can't do it till Monday. It's no, you're, 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 you called us for a reason. And to be honest, like, I can't even tell you how many times, like people have told us like, wow, I can't believe you answered the phone. I'm like, we're a hotshot company. Of course we answer the phone. Like that's our job. Like that's our, you know, you know, that's what we get paid for. So, um, just, just, yeah. Like I just, I respect all the, all the hardworking men and women that are on the road and even off the road. Right. So they, they, they help make the world go around.
0: Huge.
1: Appreciate that.
0: Yeah. That's real. It's real appreciation. And yeah, that's to me, that's one of my favorite topics because I think a lot of times, as you know, they're not appreciated as a, as people or as a profession. So when people actually get it, And they can highlight that. I think that's really key. So I just, dude, honestly, I'm just so grateful that you took the time, obviously, to join me on the podcast. Um, You hit some really massive points. But I think you're going to help a lot of people, which is really important to me. But also, it's nice to be able to share your story and just how you view industry, how you view basically this entire journey, but how you're kicking its ass, man. Like, I'm really excited for you. So. The um, yeah, as we end, can you just tell our listeners again, what's the best place to go? If they want to do business with you, if they just want to connect with you, if they got questions, just, yeah. If you want to drop the website again and we'll roll it from there.
1: Yeah, no worries. You can, uh, you can find us on all social media platforms like all the major ones, um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, or even on TikTok. Um, you can find us at our website uh silverbacktransport.com you can email myself uh call in at silverbacktransport.com um or if you want give us a call you can find our uh find your phone number on the website there and uh and yeah just if you guys need any help with anything locally distance doesn't matter where it is we're out of the vancouver region we'll be more than glad to
0: help awesome man yeah all links from the show notes and just i'm so grateful buddy it's this was good. Had a really great conversation, and I'm just grateful for your leadership. And just yeah, I hope business continues to be really well. So thank you again. Oh no worries, man. Thank you for having me. Greatly appreciate it. It's Absolutely. been fun. Good, good. Kate. Okay, well, I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, man. You too. Thanks. Bye. All right. Colin, man. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on the Trek Focus podcast, but also for the guidance that you shared during your conversation today. I really appreciate it. So a huge conversation or a huge takeaway from our conversation, I should say, is the importance of being mindful of how we communicate with our customers, but also with people in general. So the example that you shared, Colin, about your dad and how he operated as a professional driver for 42 years, just the memories that you have of him shaking hands, wishing people a great day. I think that really does need to be implemented in our day-to-day interactions. So I really appreciate that. Furthermore, when you're speaking about the necessity of having a solution-focused mindset, and now you've helped so many customers out of major jams because of this mindset, I just think it's really powerful. And it's also a huge encouragement for all of us as we navigate through our day-to-day. So again, thank you so much for that. To our listeners, I definitely recommend that you learn more about Silverback Transport and Hotshot by visiting silverbacktransport.com or checking them out on all major social media platforms. Again, links are in the show notes, so make sure you go check them out and connect with Colin today. So before we end, I just wanted to say thank you again. So again, if this is the first time you've ever checked out the Truck Focus podcast, I really do welcome you to our community, but also to our dedicated community. Thank you again for showing up, for taking the advices that exactly what Colin shared today about being Professional, communicating solution focused and implying it or applying it in your journey. I think that's really important. So, thank you for that. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I did challenge you. Something that Colin said really shifted the way you thought about something or how you can attack a problem the next day to let you know. Now is that time. So send me a message, send me an email, let me know that your thoughts and say, hey, Colin really helped me with this. But also ask that you share this episode out. So that way people in your network know, hey, check out this episode, listen to what Colin had to say, because it could probably help their journey too. Again, I'm just super grateful. Colin, thank you again for taking the time to join me. As always, let's create a pivotal impact.